Hi, everybody, and welcome to the John Meyer Podcast. Today's topic, the FinOps Foundation and FinOps X, empowering tech leaders and FinOps practitioners in the era of mainstream cloud. Joining us today is J.R. Storman, Executive Director of the FinOps Foundation. Along with him is Mike Fuller, CTO of the FinOps Foundation. J.R., as the Executive Director of the FinOps Foundation, which is a Linux Foundation program, which features over 10,000 members worldwide, including involvement from the majority of the world's largest cloud spenders. His experience includes being co-founder of CloudAbility, a pioneer in the cloud cost management space from 2011 to 2019, which notably was acquired by Aptio and becoming its flagship product. Now, Mike, as the CTO of the FinOps Foundation, a not-for-profit foundation under the Linux Foundation, his responsibilities include best practices and content produced alongside with leading the APJ community. Mike has co-authored both editions of the Cloud FinOps books, all right, published by O'Reilly Media alongside JR, widely regarded as the FinOps book. Please join me in welcoming JR and Mike to the show. JR, Mike? Hey, right, thanks for having us. Guys, I really appreciate this. Now, we're doing this recording a little bit ahead of time, ahead of a major event that's happening. Yes, FinOps X. We're going to be talking about that along the show. But before we get this, uh, JR, how about a little bit more information about yourself? Oh, boy, about myself. Uh, well, it's, as a first-time uh, nonprofit employee, I'm, I'm often asked what the heck we do. Um, and I'll probably start, start there because I think um, – I, I'm just coming off of a of a weekend with my family, and uh, I got that question again. Like, what what the heck is this job that you're doing? Um, and I will tell you, it didn't go over very well to explain it to people outside of tech. Um, but what I found after a lot of years in uh, technology of you know building vendor platforms and uh, specifically you know in this this early space of cloud consumption. Um, was that the real interesting challenges that I like to work on were less about the technology and more about the people challenges of, you know, getting people to understand how to operate in a cloud world, um, helping people to advance their careers. Um, and ultimately, like, as our mission is focused on around advancing the people who do the practice of FinOps. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of working with this amazing community. And I have like a, a, had a lot, of, a lot of luck to be working closely with Mike these last, you know, few years. And building out the FinOps books and, and as part of that, really getting the chance to, I think, like retell a lot of stories, um, you know, that come out of this community of the 10,000 practitioners. Okay, JR, you tell a lot of stories and that's how I explain to people like, what do you do, John? Well, I tell stories, but really I'm just pulling other stories out of people and making them compelling. Yeah. And they're like, exactly. And you get paid to do this? Yeah, and I enjoy it. Exactly. Where, where does the money come from? <laughs> yeah, People want their stories told. There's always a story to be told. Mike, how about yourself? A little bit of backstory on yourself. Yeah, so I, I come before the foundation. I was uh, 10 years at Atlassian uh, as a principal engineer. Uh, started in the Cloud Center of Excellence, uh, focused on all of the pillars of, uh, you know, well-architected cloud and uh, had a sort of uh, t temptation and, and a draw and attraction towards uh, the cloud cost and uh, built out the Cloud FinOps team there at Atlassian. And during that process, built a lot of friendships across the industry of other people doing a similar role. And I guess coming back to that stories is like, we were, you know, sharing stories and sharing sharing tidbits and tips. And uh, I guess that sort of led us into this uh, world of, of trying to build a definition of FinOps that we can share with everybody and um, the foundation, uh, building that community where there's just a, a really great place for sort of everyone to share their stories, their best practices and their, their, their 
what they're doing and how they're how they're doing it. Well, Mike, let's lead with that. The definition of FinOps. What is FinOps? So I guess the big thing is uh, FinOps is not just cost optimization. It, it is a cultural practice that um, that uh, you sort of you have this uh, driver. It's an evolving um, cloud financial management uh, discipline and cultural practice. And, and we, we really do emphasize the fact that this is um, something that, that changes the way people thinking about cloud costs within their organization. And it really is to drive the organization to make uh, near real-time decisions about the use of cloud that drives the maximum value for the business. Um, and so sometimes that might mean you're driving for better efficiency. Other times that might mean you're leaning into spend in order to gain the best value for your customers. Um, and so it's really trying to do this trade-off between how much you're spending on cloud and what you're actually getting for that spend uh, in, in cloud. Well, JR, let me ask you this question. How long has FinOps or Cloud FinOps been around and why has it grown so much in the last few years? Yeah, it's it's funny because uh, so many people who've been in this space for a while say, oh, this FinOps concept, it's new. But, you know, as, as somebody who was in one of the early platforms in this space, um, you know, I started having these conversations with companies you know, back in 2009, 2010, 2011 about the sort of value side of cloud. Um, you know, I've been to nine Amazon reInvent conferences now. And in the early days when it was just like a couple thousand people, you go to the conference and all the talks would be about the technology, right? And, and these amazing new, at the time, Amazon was rolling out, you know, groundbreaking feature after groundbreaking feature. And it was really hard for the people who were doing the cloud sort of cost management value side of things to find others who were talking about the concepts, right? Everything on stage at these cloud events was all about you know, how to to do this feature better with this new service in this way. But then in the back of it, you know, what I was finding through the work um, in the platform side of things was that you had all these folks, and that's how I got to meet Mike Fuller. He was, um, you know, at Atlassian. I think we sat down on, on a couch in his office in Sydney way back in like 2015, and we're talking through a lot of the concepts of things like reserved instances and these these financial vehicles that, were kind of largely unknown because people were not focused on the cost side of cloud at that point because it was still such an emerging thing. Um, and what we really saw happen, you know, and at the time you call it cost optimization or cloud financial management or any of the other terms, what really started to happen, you know, around uh, I would say, you know, 2017, 2018, is that enough of these folks have started to come together and realize that there was uh, more than just an issue of how do we optimize costs. There were some really critical changes of how the organization needed to function, where engineers had to care about cost and finance people had to report on things differently. And they had to come together uh, really to do this data-driven decision-making process that we talk a lot about. Now, fast forward a couple more years and, you know, COVID accelerates cloud adoption considerably, right? You've got um, a lot of folks migrating faster, and then you have economic concerns coming in. And we've kind of been up in this place now where, you know, I, I used to, pre-2019, pre uh, before I started the FinOps Foundation, and Mike was one of the first board members, um, I would go speak at cloud events, and I'd be like, who here has heard of FinOps or, you know, does cloud financial management or any of the terms? And you'd get a couple of people, like, put their hands up, right? But largely blank stares. People like, I, I don't know, this cloud thing is just too expensive. And I can't get my engineers to take action. And I don't know what my bill is going to be. And I heard you guys are talking about cost and cloud. Um, you know, now with the acceleration, not just of those things, but cloud spend being uh, 
a really material line item for a lot of big organizations out there, right? We talked to a lot of the, the enterprises in the foundation and, you know, it's like they got their labor costs and then they've got their cloud costs. And those are um, big considerations. And only one of them is a very flexible lever, right? That you can adjust the cloud cost being the variable sort of operational side. And so we've seen now that in the last, you know, couple of years, uh, we've had over 90%. Uh, we, we were at 88% uh, as of last week, but we're now at 90% of the Fortune 50, the biggest companies in the world who have participated in the FinOps Foundation's programs. Like all these large organizations are realizing that they need to do, you know, more than just sort of uh, use the cloud. They need to get more value out of it, right? And that's um, been a cool thing to see, you know, sort of for us, I mean, we've working on this for more, more than 10 years in the space. And it's fun to see it go from sort of, sort of a fringe focus, you know, to such a mainstream path. JR, one of the things that I think about with cloud is the variable cost, right? And it was a very hard for everybody to understand. In the early days, you were talking FinOps before FinOps was key for the cost, everything that kind of goes around with it. And what I see from in the early days, Adopt Cloud, and you're right on the mark, right? At reInvent, they're releasing all these new services and everybody wants to jump on it. And here you're like, hey, we should understand what's going to be the cost of these as they go forward. We should understand how we should implement some of these and, and worry about it. And everybody's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. We're, we're, just later, going to, later. we're just going to the cloud. Let's go quick. And, you know, COVID happened. Everybody's throwing stuff into the cloud as fast as possible. And did you know that in the reInvent that just happened, there was probably over 22 cost optimization sessions available to yeah. take plus or minus some because I did so many releases in Highland because I knew it was key right around that time. Yeah. No, it's been amazing to see that shift. And it's it's been cool to see people like you, you know, picking up and focusing, you know, in this area. And, and that's the thing that I think the individuals, if we think about, again, the mission of the foundation is how do we accelerate these practitioners' journeys? We constantly hear from them when we get them together. Oh, I'm not alone. I didn't realize that these challenges that I'm facing in my organization are exactly the same things. And, you know, when we go talk to, I mean, you know, Mike was at an Atlassian. Uh, we talked to people, at, you know, the giant, giant organizations like the JP Morgan Chases. They're all kind of facing the same challenges. It's this cultural shift. There, there is a tooling component to it, a reporting component, but it's really how do we get people working together in new ways? How do we get them looking at data in new ways? And how do we start to get uh, more common languages put together so that these disparate teams like the engineering and finance teams can come together and have conversations? And, and I, I, will, I will quote my, my co-author here of the book, uh, Mike Fuller uh, at Atlassian. He was saying that, you know, yeah, well, there you go. One of my favorite quotes, I use it all the time, Mike, usually when you're not in the room, so it's a little awkward, but <laughs> I think you said something like, uh, as a FinOps practitioner, I know that I'm successful when I can get my finance folks with my DevOps folks in a room together when I'm not there and they can have a meaningful conversation and make decisions together. And that's really, I think, the job of this role is not to go out there and do all the FinOps and manage the cloud. It's about how do you enable the rest of the organization, just like security teams enable the larger organization where everybody's responsibility is to security. FinOps is a shared, a shared accountability model, right, across engineering, finance, product teams, business, et cetera. Mike, was that a direct quote? Did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do remember. It's in the book. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, let's talk a little bit more about FinOps and the culture shift, but some of the core principles that are around FinOps and why the value of those. 
Yeah, so I think um, like one of the sort of um, core ones as far as building that culture is this, that everybody's taking responsibility for their cloud spend. And, um, you know, if, if you don't, Effectively, when you transition into cloud, the, the, the buying power or the, the, the approval process that was there around uh, on-prem, you had you know, these, these natural gates and these artificial uh, limits. So there was gates as far as getting the purchase power to purchase equipment, which is gone when you go to cloud. You, you can you know, click a button or write some code that buys more, more servers or more capacity. Um, and also the the availability of capacity. I mean, the cloud is is in italics limitless, right? And so the the you know the pressure of oh we've only got this much terabytes of storage in, on the on the racks, or we've only got this much memory available on the servers. It's all gone away. You could just ask for more. Um, and so by those sort of two things together, it means that DevOps engineers are empowered. They can move really fast. They're not artificially capped by both of those processes. But um, it also means that they have the the ability to just purchase and purchase at will, um, and then usually you find that uh, you know companies are fairly comfortable with this at first. It's it's not a material amount of money. They have a, a very you know fixed target of getting to cloud or migrating to cloud or or building something in cloud, and so there's a sort of an acceptance of a growing cost there. But um, at some point that sort of runs runs its course and, and it gets out of spec with the expectations of the business. And so if you start by at least understanding that you you as an engineer has has taken on this responsibility of the buying and in return you need to be accountable for the decisions you're making. So that sets the scene for why the engineer needs to be involved in this process um, of thinking about dollars versus just letting the finance team worry about that at the end of the month. Um, and then a lot of the principles are like, a satellite around that, like the availability of, of near time, near real time data so that the, the engineer is empowered to understand what is the cost that they're accountable for. And, um, and, and then um, the central FinOps team being there to really help not do FinOps for the org, but help, help FinOps happen, help, help you know, harness it and, 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 and encourage those um, responsibilities, those actions that need to be taken, those considerations that need to be there between engineers, finance, business leaders, so they can sort of see FinOps um, being sort of born in the organization and, and then encouraged. So the principles, yeah, really do just sort of satellite around this idea of just people understanding their responsibility, their role to play in this and, and the reason that they are the one to be to be responsible for or the, the key persona re, you know, playing that part in the FinOps journey. John, if you don't mind, I could add oh, to one other, you know, question you asked me earlier that might kind of remind me of it. He was talking there about, you know, kind of what's changed and what's happened. And um, we, we saw a couple of big themes uh, emerge when we were like between the 2019 version of the book and the 2022 slash 23 version. Um, and Besides one of the, the, the thickness. <laughs> That was the hardest thing was to figure out where to stop writing because it was there was a lot more things in 2019 that were like academic and the ideas of it and then by by you know 2022 there were so many people in the community and stories where we could include stories about multiple ways to do things like these people say you know this is the best way to forecast these people buy tools these people build tools let's give all the examples um but the big thing is we went back to look at the community and, and let me tell you after working on a book you do not want to look at it like uh, so I, I didn't crack open that old book for like two or three years. When I did crack it open, there was a real um, us versus them mentality between the FinOps teams and the engineering teams. And I think that's because in the early days, 
you know, cost wasn't something at companies who were not as scaled in cloud. That was a consideration yet that engineers had to care about because their leadership wasn't telling them to. It wasn't part of their daily job. But in a world where uh, cloud's becoming, you know, the primary, uh, you know, cloud first approach for these folks, we saw a shift from both like proactive to reactive, sorry, reactive to proactive FinOps, where people weren't thinking about it after they deployed resources, engineers were thinking about it before they deployed resources, and a shift from the old world of FinOps teams kind of chasing after the engineering teams to be better at cost optimization, turn off that thing, you should right size. Like all that, I wouldn't say it, it's no longer a part of early stage practices, but the mature practices now are in a, you know, the state of FinOps or annual survey, the majority of practices uh, report to the CTO or CIO now. They're engineering-led practices. The, the shift left has been, now we're thinking about cost, not after we deploy the thing, but we're looking at it in the early design um, consideration phases of architecting you know, for cloud. And that's been really cool to see, like the stuff that we were thinking could happen in 2019 is actually now happening in these organizations. Some of the old school mentality, and, and I was part of that in an enterprise level, and I'm talking about companies that have been around for years, is that the procurement process took six months to, to a year to actually get hardware and to deploy it. Now you can click a button and get it right away. Mike, do you see some of the challenges that, uh, are you coming across those challenges that enterprises like the old schools are having a tougher time implementing or understanding FinOps versus those cloud first type companies, or is it even across the board? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we heard a lot of stories, especially in the early days of, of building the foundation where people would come in and it, it, the company would have reached this bill shock moment, right, where they, uh, they, someone in the organization has realized the cloud spend was a lot higher than they expected. And they, the, the reaction to those um, bill shock moments was often to stop engineering, to, to hold back, to, to, you know, to, to really sort of curtail the, the progress that they had. And, um, and, and so th that sort of stifles the innovation that was happening within the organization. And so, when when a procurement department starts out with oh clouds not big enough for me to worry about these are only tens and onesies and twosies uh, you know I worry about the the big number of deals and but then the cloud all of a sudden uh, under the rug becomes the big number deal that they didn't know about you know by sort of clamping down and trying to put the procurement process back in the way really does break the value that you got by going to cloud and so it's the organisations that that to take on the, the understanding that they don't want to break that innovation. They want to enable it and harness it, but also uh, keep control or, or keep in, in um, touch with the, the way the cloud spend has been um, growing and the way what's driving it and where they're making those decisions to invest. Um, and so FinOps is really there not to, to, to break the innovation cycle and, and get in the way, but it's also not there to just put the procurement cycle back in, in and solve it for procurement partners. There's really thinking about how can we get the right numbers to the right people and create the right conversations at the right time within the organization so that, you know, you are allowing engineers to make those decisions to purchase when they need to. And as they're making those, you're informing everyone around the organization. So if that is starting to drive or starting to head or forecast out into ways that the organization is not comfortable with, the conversations are then happening about what are the alternate options or, or what are our opportunities to pull that back in in order to meet the, the growth of cost that the company is hoping for. JR, 
Mike talked about the culture, getting the information into the right hands. And it ultimately comes down to a lot of the engineers who are deploying it, the business-driven decisions. I think one of the challenges and one of the things that the audience kind of wants to know and understand is that I'm an engineer, but in I know the FinOps Foundation, the survey for the last two years, the number one issue is getting engineers to actually do action, right? One of the things that to do that, how do you get them to do actions, to care about these actions, when a lot of the mentality, and I'm pretty sure it's out there, is that it's not my money, right? I mean, they, but you, yeah, like that's a huge challenge. Yeah. I mean, and part of that frustration is also, I think, coming from engineering teams who are being asked to go be more cost effective, but they're faced with this onslaught of priorities and tasks and jobs that need to be done around delivering features and security and scalability and reliability and keeping up with all those areas. And so the, the challenge isn't really anything that the engineers are doing wrong, or even now as we've seen companies start to integrate those things into their practices, it's getting leadership buy-in and support to make cost a priority, right? And to make cost a priority, not as I mentioned, after you ship something, but early on in that process, which gets to, you know, moving from the CFO freaks out once a quarter, and then we try and turn things off to, in every sprint, in every architectural review, we are looking at how to make this cost efficient. And there, there's actually a great story um, that uh, a guy named Gabe Hegg, uh, who worked at Apple, uh, he was at FinOps X last year, and, and he, he shared this idea of like thinking that engineers work through constraints, right? They, they need to deliver this thing. They're giving a set of requirements, and the innovation comes when they have a set of constraints that they need to work around in order to deliver the value. And cost is like just another constraint to consider. Um, and he shared this, this uh, metaphor of like whether you're building a Porsche or whether you're building a Toyota. And typically people... When they want to build, you know, the, the Porsche of cloud, they, they want to use the most expensive services and they think that's where all the innovation and cool stuff happens. But the one building the Toyota sort of side of things um, who has those tighter cost constraints actually has to be more innovative in how they're thinking about services and how they're thinking about efficiencies. And both of those teams are really drawing on similar skills. They're drawing on, you know, uh, similar processes. But to encourage and, and remind, you know, engineering partners and leaders that Innovation, which is so important for a lot of folks working in cloud as engineers, can come at that lower cost. And, and really to then start celebrating that as part of a core part of the engineering discipline. Like, wow, rather than you, you've architected, you know, the most highly reliable thing using every service out there, you architected something highly reliable for less cost. That's something that I can not just get my engineering leadership about, but I can highlight to the business leadership as well. And that's a huge win. And helping, I think, engineers see that impact on the larger business, but also, as we've seen some companies start to do, actually making, you know, cost consciousness, uh, FinOps certifications, these types of things, part of engineering ladders for advancement, you know, part of the annual reviews. But in a lot of cases, as we see, unfortunately, it comes down to money. So uh, once that executive in the technology organization has a bonus <laughs> tied to being cost efficient, that's where a lot of it starts to trickle down as well. That's actually ironic. It's tied to money. And we're here talking about FinOps and really some of the business driven factors around it, culture. It's not just about cost savings. Everybody to let you know, our topic today is the FinOps Foundation and FinOps X, emerging technology leaders and FinOps practitioners in the era of mainstream cloud. And we're talking with J.R. Stormont and Mike Fuller about it. Now, J.R., here's the ultimate question for you. Is FinOps fun? <laughs> Uh, we have a good time with it. <laughs> um, 
I think we were we were joking about this question as we were leading in. Uh, not to pan to the audience a little bit. This one did end up on our prep sheet. Um, and you know, Mike, I, I kind of want to turn this to you because I think one of the things we started vamping on was just how much FinOps is like a discipline that lets you bring together lots of disparate ideas. There's tech, there's finance, there's culture, there's spend more, there's spend less. So you know, that's part of the thing that I, I think is fun. It's it's getting people to get to play with both being technologists and get to be playing with being business people and seeing how to put those two together and collaborate in the organization. I don't know, Mike, you've done FinOps hands-on a lot more over the years than I have. What's your take? Yeah, I guess like if I reflect upon my own experience of getting into FinOps uh, 20 odd years ago, showing my age, I did a degree in CompSci. Uh, part of that degree, I did uh, a little bit of accounting subjects just to fill out the the degree. And um, I did basically didn't lean on any of that accounting knowledge for well over 10 years after the, doing that. And then, um, you know, the, the sitting in the Cloud Center of Excellence at Atlassian, this uh, cloud bill sort of, you know, cr crops up and we need to deal with it. And hey, I know money, I've done some accounting before. And you kind of hark back to like some of that knowledge that you had back in the day. And, and so I think there was this, like this this little seed sitting there of, of of interest in in the dollar terms and how this plugs into the the wider business, um, and then um, sort of connecting the two worlds together. You're you're doing stuff in the tech space, but actually dragging upon that that knowledge I had previously. And I think you you see that a lot where practitioners will join the foundation and they'll talk about like they they fell into the job is kind of the thing they say that and kind of what happens is they had this opportunity to look at the cloud bill no one else was interested in it but they sort of took a, a bit of a peak and interest in it and then next minute they become the billing data expert and then all of a sudden they realized that they were actually doing something that had a name and then they found a whole community of people just like them and so um yeah i think that you definitely have a have to have a bit of an interest in 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 this uh space um for you to to really enjoy it but i think um just just a little bit of uh of um a bit of an interest can turn into a real keen uh, career for yourself. No, the, one of the most fun things I think that we vamp on a lot, and we kind of ended the the book in this area, is that all the people in the community they're the special ingredient. They are they are getting right now to evolve and define this practice. Right? It's like it's like DevOps. I don't know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, where shoot, every year there's like new technology, it's like new te cloud technologies, new, new FinOps concepts and refinements, and people are getting so much better at the allocations and the chargebacks and, you know, their optimizations and all these things. And so that part is actually really fun. And part of, I think, the fun part of our job is we get to like talk to those people on that leading edge and bring them together and put them on stage and collect their stories. And, and it's been like an oddly fun little community this developed because people are a part of creating this thing right and at that stage so um and we found like in not this last survey but two back state of finops it was 90 percent of the people who took the survey uh considered finops their primary career path it doesn't mean they're all at finops jobs but this was the part of engineering they wanted to do or this was the focus on cloud within finance and so that's been really cool to see the community, Mike, uh, JR, you, t you touched on it. The community is actually really key. I've actually been able to join a number of the community events this year. I was not 
uh, like part of the FinOps part, I was doing cloud cost optimization, right? And this was something I really enjoyed. And Mike, you were saying it's something that you're passionate about. And it's not all about looking at the bill and the numbers, but you're talking to everybody and you're finding new businesses, processes to do something. You're changing the culture within and everybody's looking at it. And just like everything else, it's like a, a, a cycle, right? You're doing small implementations, reviewing the processes, the reports, you you know implement, optimize over time. And I think it's just something that you're passionate about to join. And the community is key. They help you understand. They tell you the stories that are happening, the things that they go through. And then you're like, oh, wow, I never even thought about that. Or like they're passionate about looking at the bill. And while I'm not passionate about looking at a thousand line items in the CSV, but hey. Thousand line items. Some of those are, you know, into into millions, hundreds of millions. Billions. I was being generous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my bill, my bill is only a thousand. <laughs> uh, I, think, uh, I, I saw I saw a CSV file from the cloud providers once that had eighty two billion commas in it, indicating there were that many charges associated. Single single months file. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how some do it, but it's very. That's why there's tools, reporting capabilities going around it. JR, I, I want to ask you about some of the leading cloud providers that have actually embraced FinOps. Why are they doing that? Why do they see in the value in this? Yeah, it's it's. I was just telling Mike, I was I was up in uh, in Seattle, Bellevue area on Thursday, and I I got invited with myself and some of our team to go in and talk at this very large Fortune twenty five uh, company there, uh, and. We were telling them about, you know, introduction to FinOps. I had a bunch of engineering leaders and managers, capacity people in there. And we were telling them about this uh, new initiative we have, which is the, the focus uh, FinOps open cost and usage specifications, the open billing data uh, project. And how we've got, you know, it's, it just launched officially last month where we announced it. It's going to launch its first versions at FinOpsX. We've already got three of the top four cloud providers who are participating in it, working on the complete set of those right now. Uh, and, and this guy in the back, a little bit of, you know, salty engineer, clearly been in the game a while. He puts his hand up and he's like, why on earth would the cloud providers want to make this billing stuff easier? Doesn't that just lose the money? And it's like, no, no, no. What, what they recognize is the billing data is super complex. We talked about billions of commas. The billing data is been, it's been chasing and evolving over the years after all these cloud services, you know, um, AWS alone has 700,000 SKUs, like individual, you know, product offerings. And at the end of the day, the, the data being somewhat inconsistent between clouds um, and not always easy to understand by the unpracticed eye really slows down cloud adoption. It makes the job of the, the companies harder when they've got to go prove the value of cloud technology and report on it. And, and, and in the end, the clouds themselves struggle with this as well, which is, a lot of their, and they, they all have these customer teams that are forward facing that work with their big spenders or their growing spenders to help understand the costs and dig in and help build up the models and allocations. And the technology is not enough, right? And so the reason we've seen a lot of interest, and I was sitting after in that same meeting on Thursday, I was meeting with one of the uh, uh, product folks from one of the cloud providers, and I shared this story with that person. And that person said about why, why would the cloud providers not you know, why would they participate in this? And he, he literally was like, why the hell wouldn't we? Pardon my French. He's like, this makes my job easier because 
I can rely on the community to help figure out the organizational stuff and the community to help figure out the billing data. And I can focus on building better features and better reporting and better tooling for my customers. And you all get to collaborate on helping, you know, agree specifications uh, to demystify those bits. Um, and that's been one of the coolest things is that in our working groups for the open billing data project focus, the people who are most excited are the product engineering teams from the cloud companies who are trying to figure out what are the right ways to describe this data? How do I line it against you know, other systems? How do we get to a world in which we can show SaaS spend and, and infrastructure service spend altogether? So long, long answer, but um, I think you know, in a lot of ways, it all kind of helps out, which is you've got the cloud consumers and you've got the cloud creators of the billing data, the two constituencies, and they're trying to get better working together. And we've just seen a really good conduit for them starting to do that now. Mike, we've seen a number of the hyperscalers join the FinOps Foundation. There are a couple or some that haven't joined. What are some of the thoughts behind that? And Mike or JR, I'm not sure who would love to answer this question, but I don't want to put one of you on the spot. So I think, um, you know, we, we have had really good collaboration with all of the cloud providers um, across the years. Um, and... Um, the, the, the obvious elephant in the room is we haven't yet signed AWS. Like, let's be honest, open, we know what that is. Uh, but we have had a lot of AWS staff members uh, collaborate with us over the years on all different initiatives. So I don't think that there's, an, there's a disinterest there to, to, for the FinOps space. Um, it, is, it is just obviously the, the organizational alignment, getting the right, the, um, the right place in, in the organization to connect with us. And we are all, always talking to them and we're always positive uh, conversations with them. I don't know, Jay, I could probably add a bit more color to that, but uh, I think the main thing is just to realize that there's not an interest, not a disinterest in collaborating with us, not a, not a misunderstanding of, of the value. I think that there's a lot of interest there from, from the individuals within uh, AWS. So. Yeah. And look, uh, thanks for the, the tough question. Also, John, and I didn't mean to pass it to you, Mike, but um, you know, kind of like we saw this thing coming a few years ago and, and knew it was going to be big because we just happened to be working in, in companies with companies that had this problem before uh, a lot of others did. Like, we know we're going to get a complete alignment with the cloud providers because the work we're doing is involving all their biggest customers from all the cloud providers. Um, when we talk about 90% of the Fortune 50, that includes the biggest customers from all the cloud providers. And we're seeing those folks really roll up sleeves, right, around contributing to things like the Focus Project, telling their stories, writing best practices. Um, Google Cloud and uh, Microsoft Azure and Oracle Cloud, uh, who are all members of the foundation, have all spoken publicly. And there's great blog posts from Google uh, a week or two ago about all their plans for, you know, contributing to this data, looking at how to uh, improve, uh, you know, cloud billing exports, ways that they want to. I mean, Microsoft's going to be aligning their cloud allocation or, or cloud adoption framework materials. How do we get this stuff? Because when we've got everybody at the table and trying to speak a common language, it helps out everybody. And we don't see FinOps or the work of it really as something that uh, would say encourage somebody to use less cloud. We always see people who are more effective use more cloud and then often end up with multiple clouds. And I think that's one of the things that's changed considerably in the last couple of years too, where so many of the big companies, the spenders had their one big cloud provider and then I'm dabbling over here. Or um, now we're seeing you know organizations having two or three sometimes four that are at massive scale and they're needing to now share best practices. And each cloud provider has great ways to optimize on this one cloud provider, but we found that our focus and where the success has really been around that organizational layer. And then how do we start to 
uh, fuse together the common language bits. JR, here's my expert opinion. I think, guess what? Not this reInvent. I think either by next reInvent or one of the major summits, there's going to be an announcement. And that's just my prediction because ultimately AWS does, you know, every single factor of the FinOps foundation, of the culture change, of the cloud customization, that they're going to want to join because it's the right thing to do. Not because they're pressured to, just because they just want to align internally and then they want to do it. But that's just my thoughts. Well, I, th I think that aligns to an idea of customer obsession, right? Which yep. if uh, your customers are, are able to be helped there, then that's the right place to be. And that's why we're, we're confident we'll get alignment with everybody soon. Um, but, you know, at the same time, um, because we've got, you know, the giant cloud spenders, I mean, the, the Apples, the JP Morgan Chases, the Adobe's who are all participating in our forums and all working on becoming contributors um, to focus, uh, including the big retailers as well, um, who are largely going to be keynoting at um, the our, our conference FinOpsX, talking about these problems and talking about the scale that they have. We've we got Tim O'Brien from Walmart, you know, at a company with 2 million people and astronomical cloud spend trying to manage this problem. And he's going to be sharing about the data problems they have and how you know, he's, he's contributing uh, to this effort because it really is about not only just helping individual company, but when we can have these standard specifications, it makes the industry move more. You can you can have hire somebody from a totally different sector and come in and work on your cloud practice without having to figure out all the terminology. Uh, and so, yeah, it's been exciting to see it all come together and, you know, it's, it's slowly getting to where it needs to be. Everybody, our topic today is the FinOps Foundation and FinOps X, emerging tech leaders and FinOps practitioners in the era of mainstream cloud. Joining us is J.R. Storman and Mike Fuller, now, Mike, let's talk about certifications a little bit. By the way, I got my FinOps practitioner certification. It was very challenging. I failed the first time because there was a lot of stuff in the domains. I knew the normal concepts, but everything in the book. So I, I want to educate people that you have to go through the book and take some of those. But Mike, what is the value of getting your certifications for FinOps? Yeah, so I think there's, um, you know, the certifications are really sort of, we see it in two different ways. There's there's those who see FinOps as their career and the certification really does help, uh, you know, set the bar for the of knowledge that they need to, to meet and, and drive them to to get to that bar. But then once they've got that, that then you've got that recognition that you have that skill set, that knowledge base, and you can use that within, um, you know, your, your environment. Um, we have a FinOps Pro course for those who really do want to become the expert in FinOps within organizations. And so that's kind of heading towards the career de development and those who really want to stand out amongst their peers. And, and then the rest of the training programs that we offer really talk about the, the need for understanding of FinOps across the whole organization. We, you know, is, we talk a lot about the fact that you need to affect culture change and that the FinOps team isn't there just to do FinOps in, in, order, to, in order to support that. Um, you know, practitioners are looking at ways of educating their own staff across the organization. And so we have persona-based roles, uh, training pro programs in order to help the finance person understand what FinOps means, the procurement person understand what FinOps means to them, the engineers understand their role to play in FinOps. And so by sort of co connecting the dots between all of the different personas, understand, uh, you know, what FinOps is and what it means to them. You've got a team of, of certified practitioners that understand more deeply about about the domains and capabilities that you just talked about. And then that FinOps professional being that sort of one or two really stand out, um, you know, uh, staff members in, in that FinOps team that really understand how to implement FinOps at, a, at, a, at an organization from scratch and how to take it from, from you know, from zero to 100 
uh, across the organization. So they sort of assemble the education and distribute it around the organization where it makes sense. Mike, I actually want to work on doing the professional. I like the instructor portion of it. I see the huge value of implementing FinOps within the environment and in the community. Now, we, we have time for just two more questions because I the last question I want to ask is FinOps X. We got to talk about that. That's happening. So hang tight. But JR, my, my last question before we talk about FinOps is, you know, why do folks tend to join the FinOps Foundation? What's the value in the, them for to join it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we kind of we touched on a lot of them, but uh, you know, first and foremost, it's connecting with peers, uh, others in similar roles, often at very different types of companies, and sometimes in very different parts of the world, who are facing the same challenges. And you know, when we started this thing in 2019, Mike was one of 26 practitioners, you know, and you got guys like him. He's he was, you know, in, is in Australia at Atlassian at the time, you know, connecting with people, talking to U.S. pharmaceutical companies, right, and realizing they were dealing with the same things all, every day in their jobs. Uh, so it's a lot of what we do is is really bringing together those groups through events, in person, virtual, uh, otherwise. Um, yeah, the, the other big thing is, you know, as Mike was touching on, is is certification and training. Um, so much of what people are trying to do is advance their careers in this space. Uh, a best story, I don't want to tip my hand too much about a, a story I'm going to tell on stage at, at, uh, at FinOpsX, but you know, we've seen people, you know, come pull themselves up on their, their coat from, from, you know, bad places, go through trainings and certifications, get in the community and get into jobs that kind of change their life. Um, you know, gentlemen, we're going to hear about at FinOpsX, uh, literally uh, went 10x on his income after, after spending, you know, the years of going through the work of doing internship and getting certified and working with peers and all those things, you know, so that's like really exciting to see. Um, and the, the last reason uh, from the aspect of best practices is there's a lot of working groups. We re usually run seven to 10 at a time where you get peers together to focus on solving a problem. There's those things like, like focus itself, the open billing data initiative. And it's actually a great way for people to contribute and get their own names out and learn as well. They're doing it. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of all those things together and, and people tend to, we, we get the emails every day where it's okay. I've left company A to move to company B, or now I was a practitioner. Now I work for this cloud. Now I've left this cloud. I'm going to this platform. Now I work at a consultancy, and they're sticking with us through this journey and asking to update their emails because they come here and they're they're with their people. You know, they're not alone, and that's really cool to see. It's nice to see the community and the involvement. Okay, now it's time to talk about FinOpsX. Mike, Mike, share to us about FinOpsX. What's happening? Uh, so this is going to be a massive event this year. I, I missed out last year, and so I'm super excited to get to go to this year. Um, we have um, talks, uh, breakout sessions on all different topics of FinOps from uh, you know, all layers, all different um, spectrums of maturity levels. Um, but for me, it's like, you know, the community is great and, and sitting in Slack or getting into Zoom calls with individual members is awesome. But coming together all at a single place in real life, um, being able to meet with and actually talk with uh, your peers together, um, you know, there's so much value that you'll get from that networking as far as um, you know, building friendships and creating connections across the industry. So for the individual practitioners, there's no better place to, to find you know, connections and, and build, your, build, out, build out your network. And hearing from you know so many experts across across the industry across the two days of breakout sessions and chalk talks, 
Um, you know, we also will have all of our, you know, our, our big um, partner vendors there to talk about their tools and um, demonstrate the, the feature sets. And so, um, you know, being able to go from, go to one location and, and basically everything FinOps is all at the one place. It's going to be very exciting. And I know, JR, you can fill in all the exciting details of the different event uh, happenings. Um, I think you did a great job. I mean, I, I would say uh, just today, John, we, we passed uh, 1,000 registered attendees for this event, um, which was my internal goal and target. And it's like a big celebration. Uh, Joe Daly, our head of community, has done an amazing job on outreach to individuals for months. And the cool thing is that this one, we've got in the keynotes, we've got CIOs and CFOs. Uh, talking about from public companies, big companies like JP Morgan Chase and HSBC and Equifax talking about the why of FinOps. We actually have a panel, check this out. We got VPs of billing from uh, Oracle, Microsoft and Google all doing a panel together talking about the importance of investing in cost optimization management for their customers. And that's all the big stage stuff, but the small stage stuff I think is, is the most exciting. There's I think over 60 breakouts and, and we're doing chalk talks, which is really fun where we're getting people together with a whiteboard, literally in a room, like 40 people working through the best ways to do a certain FinOps capability. Um, but I think the biggest thing is there is a party on a friggin' aircraft. I was just going to ask you what's happening on this aircraft. <laughs> uh, we're having a party on a, on a four acre deck, uh, the USS Midway, which is a, uh, a museum now, but a, a World War II era giant aircraft carrier that's full of aircraft and flight simulators and fantastic 360 degree views of San Diego, California, and Coronado Island, the ocean, right at sunset uh, with music and awards. There's going to be a bunch of FinOps awards happening there. And uh, as Mike said, it's like these things are about the connections. I could talk all day about the content, but it's all about, and this is what we designed the conference to be as one, I call it the, uh, the coffee line test. We want everybody to be able to turn around to whoever is behind them and or in front of them in the coffee line or the drinks line or whatever and be able to have an interesting conversation, right? So it's this fantastic mix of practitioners, uh, vendors, clouds, consultants, but everybody doing this practice together. Um, and yeah, and it's it's bigger than we, we thought it would be, which is really fun. JR, when is the FinOps X happening? Yes, important uh, detail. June 27th to 30th, uh, in beautiful San Diego, where unlike last year in Austin, which was our first one, we had a, we had a great turnout. We thought it was going to be 200 people, ended up being 440. Uh, it was 105 degrees and humid. It should be like you know 72 and lovely uh, at a beautiful hotel called the Marriott Marquis. I have to tell you, I have a confession. I will not make FinOps X this year. I already ah, planned a family vacation up, during that time, so I will be on a lake at a lake house watching you guys throughout some of this and what's happening on social media. I will cultivate a couple of posts for you. Oh, it's amazing. Thank you. I think that's a, that's a good excuse. That's an, the unfortunate timing is we're right up at right before the summer holidays. Yeah, uh, but hopefully we'll see you next year. I will. I will plan. You know what? If you give me an insight on the dates, I'll make sure I reserve that so I can't plan a vacation. <laughs> there may be an announcement coming at this year's FinOpsX about the dates. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll reserve that ahead of time. I think one of the biggest things uh, having at this event uh, that I am going to miss out. I did miss last year. In fact, I was at Remars. It was happening at the same time. So I was at Remars and FinOpsX was happening. So I, I was like, oh man, I, I'm missing that. Now I'm missing twice. Don't worry. There won't be a third time. Uh, I'll reserve a, the time to come out to you guys. Maybe we'll do some in-person interviews, sit down, do some chalk talks some fireside chats. You never know what's going to happen. That'd be cool, man. Appreciate it.
Well, thank you for having us on. It's it's been uh, serious. I want to give you some kudos, like seeing you come out at Swing and really fast out there on the social media and covering some great topics and great speakers and been cool to see the work you're doing so thank you for letting us come on and share share some stories thank you jr appreciate it thanks john it's been really really fun uh good good experience uh yeah so everybody today's topic was the finops foundation and finops x emerging tech leaders and finops practitioners in the era of mainstream cloud joining us jr stormant executive director of the finops foundation and mike fuller cto of the finops foundation jr thank you so much for joining me thank you john Mike, thanks to you so much. Thanks. All right, everybody. This has been the John Meyer Podcast. Don't forget to hit that like, subscribe, and notify because guess what? We're out of here.